0: Welcome to the 99th episode of the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. I'm sitting here the afternoon on Wednesday with Dr. Millicent Ravello, who has just finished a very, very long day with patients. How are you doing, Dr. Ravello?
1: I'm doing okay. You know why? Why? Because we have 99 episodes.
0: <laughs> and the next one's 100.
1: And one left to go.
0: Is that incredible?
1: That's pretty darn impressive. I am. I'm very excited about it.
0: We'll be talking about that on the 100th episode. Yes, but for today, like you don't really celebrate the 99th episode. No,
1: not really. I
0: wonder why not.
1: Because it's not a hundred.
0: Okay. <laughs> like
1: I'm duh. Go with that.
0: <laughs> what we're talking about today is areola reduction.
1: Yes, this is a topic which is probably not well discussed, and maybe one that people don't even know is a topic or an issue. So we are here to shed some light on that.
0: I did an entire episode of the Tyra Banks show back in the day on areola reduction. Mm. And it was very funny because the producers kept trying to use fruit (laughs) as an example of an areola that's too big.
1: No, you can't. No woman wants her areolas compared to a fruit, a piece of food, any kind of food. It was so like,
0: and every time they did it, I was like, that's not going to work. No, we cannot say that. that. That's not going to work. But the patient on that episode after pregnancy had large areolas and she was totally distressed by it. She was like, I don't know what happened. You know, I breastfed and now I have these giant areolas and, I, and she was, it was totally distressing.
1: And it definitely can be. Um, for some people, that's just how they are. And they don't even realize that theirs might be larger than someone else's. But for some other people, it is really distressing. And I should point out that there is no normal to what a should no. be. Um, one size is not more normal than another. And between different ethnicities, you're going to have different sizes, different colors, different shapes. And all of that is perfectly fine and perfectly normal. But if the size is somehow bothering you there are options to address it
0: a hundred percent and that's what we did on the tyra show and i think that episode is on my youtube channel somewhere uh dr calvert tv but um the the reality was that it it actually required a periareolar reduction which is when you take out skin of the areola in a concentric fashion you take out the edge of the Of the uh, areola with an incision. And then you make, in this case, we went to 38 millimeters. Right. Which was much, I think they were 65 millimeters across. So.
1: That's, yeah, that's a larger areola. And a lot of times it's dependent too on on the size of the breast.
0: Yeah, 65 millimeters would be. Six
1: and a half centimeters.
0: So it's like three. So three. About
1: three inches. Yeah,
0: two and a half. Mm. uh, Three inches. Two and a half inches or so. Yeah. So it's not, not small. Um, Some people have areolas that are the size of a quarter. Mm -hmm. And some people have them that are the size of, you know, six six inches across I've seen that Um, that's very large that's very large but they come in all shapes and sizes and reduction is an option
1: and usually I will see on on my breast reduction patients so patients that have very large breasts as well not uncommon to have areolas that are seven eight centimeters that's very common Um, but if your breasts aren't particularly large then if you have large areolas, it is um, not a good ratio per se because more of the breast is the areola than not. And so that is what usually is concerning for patients. Now, if you're having a breast reduction, if you're having a lift – in general, areolas are going to be reduced to something between, usually I do between 38 and 42 millimeters. That's sort of the average size. And it's smaller or it's large, depending on how small or large the patient and the breasts are. But part of that reduction, part of that breast lift does include incisions around the areola to make it smaller but you can make the areola smaller on its own without doing a lift and that's more or less what we're talking about here and typically that is done through a circumareolar approach basically taking that circle and making it a smaller circle through incisions that go all the way around the areola and in your case you did it i believe with implants as well
0: yeah we did implants uh in order to fill out the missing tissue uh Plus, we reduced the areola down to uh, I think it was thirty-eight millimeters. They, they look great, you know. There yeah. is a scar all the way around the areola yes. then, which can have variable healing depending right. on how. I, I I mean, I do these the same way every time, and some heal amazingly yep. well, and some do not. Just are like hypertrophic
1: scars,
0: and like it's it's a nightmare sometimes, and yeah. and bad scars on the breast. No, boy, no.
1: Yeah, the areolas are certainly tricky. I, I a thousand percent agree. I do it the exact same way. I close it the exact same way. And some people are beautiful; can barely even see there's a scar. And sometimes those scars get so thick and red, and you're constantly treating them and revising them. And there's just there's really no good way of predicting who's going to have those scars. Nope. Um, but they, there are options for treating it. And certainly, if you have a unsightly scar, revising it, you know, six months down the road, you have a better chance that it's going to come out better because there's less tension on the wound, et cetera. Um, if you are combining this with an implant, um, depending on how much loose skin you have, it may affect the size of the implant that you're putting in. You can't put in a large implant and then take out a large amount of skin if you don't have a lot of extra skin to begin with. But most people, especially after kids, after pregnancy, after babies, have enough skin to tolerate a reduction.
0: Yeah. I mean, breastfeeding, some, some patients their breasts snap back. It's like nothing ever happened, and some people it looks like they just got like put through the war.
1: Well, I mean, have you ever watched breastfeeding happen? I know. And is, they it, kind it of is have put <laughs> through the war,
0: but for, it's amazing that some people <laughs> don't look like anything happened. Yeah, they really do snap true. back. Like yeah. the the breast can, you know, kind of take the beating, which is, I mean, it, and it is. Yeah. I mean, it is.
1: Little you know,
0: a little snapper fish. It's, it's a rough, <laughs> rough process. In case anybody didn't know, but it's obviously very necessary, and I'm a huge uh, proponent. Even though I myself was not breastfed, <laughs> neither were any of my children. Mm, okay. So. <laughs> and they've. I think we've all done okay. I guess that's of. You can you can chime in on that anytime you like.
1: But that's a that's a subjective statement, totally, and I'm just going to sit back on that one. I
0: know, you, can just, you know food for thought <laughs> however the uh a lot of the uh kids who you know do breastfeed their their moms you know they either say like well this one really was the one my baby liked the most and that breast does tend to have right. you know more stretching to it more you know it can be a little bit longer in terms of the distance from the uh, sternal notch to the nipple which i've definitely seen and then the moms will be like oh yeah this was like this is the favorite one Yeah And it got all the action The other one like barely, like it Wouldn't take on that Like for whatever reason Who knows right. why You know it is uh, And you do see the effects More unilaterally Than bilaterally in that case
1: Right. And, and you can adjust the surgery to make them equal. So at the end, they are perfectly equal. Um, the other thing I'll comment to, though, with... Um, are they
0: perfectly equal?
1: They're though? not perfectly <laughs> equal because you, we can make them equal-ish, equal-ish at the time of surgery. But then as they heal, they're also going to do their own thing. So sometimes they'll stretch out or right. they won't stretch out or they'll stretch out asymmetrically. So they went from being a circle and now they're kind of an oval. So the healing process, you know, but that's the thing too. If you look at a bunch of natural areolas, they're not perfect circles. No, they're, they're it's so just don't worry about it too much. That's, well, the
0: problem is, is when look, once again this this is a topic that we come across all the time. Once people have surgery, they expect that it should be perfect and symmetric, right? You've you've yourself said, "Aren't I?" The one patient said, "Aren't I going to have a perfect body?" Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be skinny, mm-hmm. and that's not the case.
1: I just have plastic surgery. Shouldn't everything be symmetric and perfect? <laughs> yeah,
0: about that, I mean, we really try. I mean, it's like incredible. I mean, I have, I have patients all the time that are like, I don't understand why it's not perfect. I was like, well, because it's surgery; it's not perfect. It is, right. you know, and, and that's why the term surgical precision is is truly like it, it's almost an oxymoron because surgery is an art. We can do the surgery precisely. Our technique can be perfect, quote-unquote. Um, there's nothing perfect, obviously. But the healing process really takes over. Yeah. And that is not predictable. We cannot tell how much scar contracture there will be, how much you know uh, a, a person will tolerate the operation, what their hormonal factors will be that, that play in. And the areolar operations, I think, are the ones that are – it is one of the most variable healing operations mm-hmm. that we do.
1: No, a thousand percent agree on that one, for sure. It, it is. I mean, yeah. some
0: like some of them look amazing, and then some really don't.
1: Yeah. So if you're at all thinking about areola reductions, just know that. You know, just think about how big does it bother you and realize that your scars might be perfect, or they might, might be okay. So just kind of have to figure out how much it bothers you.
0: I mean, you can... Tr- you can help by trying to will it to happen, which is, you know, sending good vibes and good thoughts to your areolas can help. I promise you. But if you are a person that's a hypertrophic scar former, well, guess what? You know, this yeah.
1: is this is the area that is, it will and hypertrophically so, scar.
0: Yeah. So tread carefully in terms of the operations that you choose, because I I, I will tell you that. Past performance in wound healing Is a predictor of your For future sure. outcomes Yeah definitely. So if you've gotten hypertrophic scars And keloids before With just, this operation I tend to see that
1: You will definitely see it Around the areolas I couldn't agree more
0: Like the nose is like so different The nose is such a privileged area Like I, I just You know Knock wood I haven't seen A hypertrophic scar Or a, or a keloid With my other base excisions Or the coliomellar scar but as soon as you get away from there, like then the incidence of, of keloids can go up and you can okay. see them on facelift scars, mm-hmm. neck scars, you can see keloids, um, you know, breasts for sure. So I think that's the only big drawback that I, that I really tell people with uh, periareolar reductions is that if you get a, a bad scar, you're probably going to be upset that you did it. The odds are, you know, low. Right. But they're not zero.
1: They're not zero. So it's just a matter of just how much it bothers you and, and what your scar pattern is. The other thing I will comment on, um, if you are having implant surgery and you already have large areolas, they will get a lot larger
0: afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the That is true. So here's the thing with the areolas, it's that that's actually the thinnest skin on the breast. It's the most stretchy. So if there's any kind of tension Um, on the breast, i.e. with a new implant, the areolas are going to preferentially expand. And if most of your breast is already areola, it's really going to expand. So that might be the one time when you might want to consider doing it. If you already have fairly large areolas, like they're half the size of your breast, and then you're putting in an implant, that areola will take over your breast.
0: (laughs) It will dominate. Yes. (laughs) Now, I will tell you that... Like areolas, as much as there's variation in the size and, and color and all that with areolas from from all walks of life, there's also a variation in people who like the size. Yes. Like I remember I had a patient when I was back at UC Irvine and I, and I said, would you like me to reduce the areolas? And they were giant. They were big. And I, they dominated the breast. This is before I put the implants in. And she was like, oh, no. She goes, I love my aerials. And I was like, okay. Great. You know, good. But I I didn't, you know, see it as a problem. But it was kind of like a comment or question. She was like, are you crazy? These things are amazing. And I was like, all
1: right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. There's no normal. That's right.
0: No normal. You like it, you like it. You
1: like it. And that's great.
0: Yep. We are not here to... Tell you what, whether you should have small areolas or big areolas. But we do know with big implants, they will become they big areolas. They will aerials. be a lot bigger. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and that does get distressing to some people. Because yeah. they don't want them to be huge. And so they, they're kind of like, no, I like the size. And I'm like, well, it's... And you can also do that down the road.
1: Yeah, of course. and I mean, you theoretically, this actually could be done under local. you yeah. know, um, Some sedation maybe. Some lidocaine to numb things up. Because it's really... It's a skin incision. It's a skin excision of skin... So it's perfectly capable of being done under local should you want to do it down the road.
0: Any other commentary about areolar reduction?
1: No, I, I, I kind of want to move, move on to our 100th episode. <laughs>
0: All right, well, <laughs> then for the 99th time, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you for the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Velo, what's your website?
1: My website is RovelloPlasticSurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355.
0: And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the MediSpa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills. Providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people, they do great stuff, and I highly recommend taking a look at the websites rockspa, newportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.